primarily the fluffer thing, which... Ugh. <laughs> Why? Why? It's just, I want you to do things that I would never do so that I know somebody who's doing them. No! And I can ask, and I can ask questions. You have gay friends! <laughs> but I, I can't... That'd be... Why does I'm not it as have close to be to me? Because <laughs> I'm not as close to them. Can't you find a friend who's at least bi... Well, I already told you I would. I do have those. I would. Uh, then why not ask them? You could just become an ice cream man. That's just as interesting to me. That I wouldn't have a problem with, except I'd eat half my stock. Hmm. It'd be it'd be like that scene from Scarface, except it's like ice cream wrappers on the table <laughs> and popsicle sticks. Again, another episode of the Otaku Connection, and I fear I may have caught whatever it is my niece had. Has God, I do not need to be sick right now. Things are bad as is. Ugh. But I guess some good news. I'm sorry for the burping and the groaning. This is the start of the theme month. Um, theme month dedicated to Ghost in the Shell. Um, I explained why in the intro, I suppose. But, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I think whatever this is, hopefully it's nothing is affecting my brain, which is to say, maybe I'm just stupid. Um, yeah, let's hope for stupid. Till then, please enjoy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, your boy done sold out. I wasn't super pumped about doing this as a theme month, but I gotta cash in. By the <laughs> time this episode comes out, the uh, American adaption of Ghost in the Shell should be in theaters. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get some of that uh, synergy going. People mm-hmm. are going to be looking up Ghost in the Shell, and hopefully when they look it up... One of the things that will pop up is this episode, as well as all the episodes in this month, because while I always had a Ghost in the Shell theme month kind of like in the back of my head, I was never really sure when to implement it, mm-hmm. and as like much as I was kind of meh about doing it now, I couldn't justify not. Mm. <laughs> Plus, you and Joe seem to be into it, so... Mm-hmm. Joe's so into it that he's not even here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, try, I try not to hold grudges and be petty about that, but I am giving him shit next episode. That's fine. Not he's like bit... not like mean shit, but like... <laughs> How we always do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's... Uh... I don't know. He's Whatever. a busy man. Joe's not here. He's got things to do. Successful ass well to do, motherfucker. <clears throat> I don't know if he's that well to do. Enjoy your career while I languish in obscurity. Well, uh. Ass. <laughs> it's Joe's struggling. Mm-hmm. I love you, Joe, but next time I see you, I'm kicking you in the butt. Yeah. In the culo. Wait, have you seen uh, Devil's Advocate yet? Yeah, I've seen it. 
I can't hear that word without laughing now. <laughs> Does somebody say culo in that? Yeah, uh, he tells he tells a guy in in Spanish that um, his wife's cheating on him. He's like, yeah, this dude you know is in your apartment fucking your wife in the ass. But since he said it in Spanish, <laughs> you hear uh, um, uh, why can't I remember his name? Al Pacino. Yeah, Al, you hear Al Pacino say culo. Hmm. Culo. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I finally watched Ghost in the Shell. Oh, so you hadn't seen it up until this point? No, I had never seen it. It's been one of those things that's been like in the back of, on the back burner, like, oh, that looks cool, but I can't get a hold of it. And then it turned into like, oh, that seems like something that's cool. And I know everybody says it's cool, but I've still just never sat down and watched it. Uh, it's kind of fascinating considering how into cyberpunk you're, you are. Yeah, I I do. And for some reason lately I've been more so into it. But uh, I, I do. I, I rewatched Hackers the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's different takes on cyberpunk. Yeah. But, uh, this is just seems like something that really would have blown my dick off back in the day. Yeah. Like, not only that, but I think it would have been... Because, I, I mean, the stuff they're talking about here, this came out in 1995. I can't imagine that oh, people yeah. were, like, totally understood everything that was being said and the concepts being thrown about. Yeah, I want to say, like, the thing I keep thinking about, I uh, kept thinking about while watching this is uh, I really miss uh, the point in my life where technology had a mysterious element to it Mm -hmm. see that's the thing is it would have felt like mysterious and like oh that was cool back in the day but watching it now it feels like it was really spot on and they did their research and uh like i nobody had gps and shit back then but they're using it constantly in this Mm -hmm. So, so stuff like that but then there's also like you know concepts that they're so far ahead of you know I guess you could kind of look at it as Moore's Law but backwards like it was only what uh, 20 about about 20 something years ago that this came out mm-hmm. uh, they like in just that short amount of time, a lot of the stuff that they're talking about there is stuff that's like seriously being talked about now. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, you know, a lot of big thinkers are really talking about it a lot, mm-hmm. and and it's to the point where I, you know, we don't know if uh, <laughs> like we don't know if. Like there's a possibility that we might see some of this stuff happen within our lifetime. Probably. Yeah. So. I'm kind of curious as to what's gonna what's it gonna be first? Is it gonna be uh, <laughs> like uh, digital life forms, or is it gonna be uh, like mechanical prosthesis, or mm-hmm. all that deep diving shit? Uh, brain implants that was a lot going on in here yeah there was a lot tech 
a lot going on. That's all kind of stuff that if you look in the right corners of the internet, you'll see is yeah. you, know, you know like our uh, robotics and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I've seen some primitive like invisibility shit. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that back in like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I haven't looked into that now, but you know like. Uh, we are pretty much as far as like artificial limbs and everything and we're getting pretty uh it's 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 to the point where we're gonna start making shit that's better than actual limbs Mm -hmm. i think it's just that all that shit's really expensive now yeah when they they kind of touch on that too a little bit yeah i think Go ahead. Oh, I think they mentioned that uh, just that uh, oh, that they're they're kind of elite, like them them like the major and, and Bato. Bato. Yeah, they're kind of like they're like really expensive, and the only way that they can say and that they touch on an interesting subject there, which is mm-hmm. if you are the first of the first, your kind of whole existence, if you're built by a corporation that needs you for something is based around them needing you. Yeah, they're effectively owned by the company that maintenances their parts. More so mm-hmm. in the case of the major, they don't specify how much of her is uh, like uh, cybernetic, but uh, the implication is that it is a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like uh, they were trying to imply that all that's kind of left of her really is is uh maybe like the major portion of her brain yeah fascinating her um, ghost yeah so that was a little tricky figuring out what they meant by ghost and I feel like it's a broader term mm-hmm. in I guess the whole of the series but in the context of this uh, film I think they're specifically talking how should I put this uh sh- like concretely in regards to one's memories and a bit more loosely in regards to one's identity. Mm. Like they're literally talking about like identity, not really identity theft as much as a replacement. Yeah. Cause I uh, I had to look up the term ghost hacking cause I got a little confused. And in the context of this movie, it's specifically removing a person's memories and replacing them with false ones to control them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super fucking fascinating, especially because it's like as as far away as this movie as we are from it right now, but as near as we are to like the real conversations, I never hear anybody really talk about that specific danger of like if you can download someone's consciousness. I think there's an agreement that it's it's not gonna really be them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, if you are, you do turn it into data, there's something there, but then like, what about manipulation of Mm -hmm. that? I guess it's something that's been touched on with like Blade Runner and stuff as far as synthetics, but actually manipulating a person's memory and identity. I just thought that was really fascinating. Like the, uh, the garbage truck guy. Oh, that was sad. 
Yeah, it's like you're gonna be sad forever about something that didn't happen. Yeah. Like there's just nothing we can do for you. That's fucked up. It's like literally nothing. I think uh, you get slightly more in the sub where they say there's like two successful cases of them kind of like purging the implanted memories in people. Mm-hmm. But the implication is that like compared to the sheer number of people who failed in regards to those two successes, it's mm-hmm. you're you're basically gonna get your brain wiped. Like yeah. you will cease to exist if you try this. Yeah. It's fascinating. This whole thing was like I, I love these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. And this was it kinda reminded me a lot of well, first of all, it's one of those things where you kind of watch something that's considered a classic, and then you're like, oh, I need to like rewatch several other things. Yeah, the things that in- influenced. Yeah, like uh, a lot of the design seemed to be very Metal Gear-ish. You know, there's the camouflage, and then the, her suit that she's in is very much MGS1 Snake. And then, but also MGS2, I think, as far as something just being ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just trying to think of other things that influenced. I mean, clearly, uh, what is it? Both uh, when I looked up the director of this, uh, Mamoru Oshii, people he's listed as influencing are the Wachowskis and James Cameron. Yeah, and I mean, you look at look, the Matrix is this is one of the things the Matrix kind of like pulled from in mm-hmm. taking cyberpunk and turning it into literal spirituality. Yeah, that that was another thing that I kept thinking about the whole time I was watching it was the Matrix. Um, it made me re want to want to rewatch the Matrix. Um, but yeah, the whole you know jacking into your your brain into a system to do things quicker and I don't know yeah that's sort of like direct interface and you get varying degrees of that too whether it's uh, the ports in the major's neck uh, that weird sort of rig I can't remember the name of the guy who you don't really get an idea of how it works you just see him talking to the chief after doing some kind of deep dive and when he goes back in he like loads something over the top of his head and and then you have like the people whose like robotic hands break into tiny pieces so they can type faster <laughs> yeah that one I feel like I've seen somewhere well they use it all over Ghost in the Shell properties in general but I'm pretty sure there was a movie somewhere out there that uh, used the imagery for something mm-hmm. yeah but I just love the whole fucking just everything, the way the whole thing looks. Like, I. It's right on that cusp of, like, the golden era, for me, anyway, of anime, where it's like. Animation is, like, hand drawn animation is kind of pushed to the farthest that it, it could go. But right before people started just animating all of the traditional elements on the computer. Um, this one actually has some uh, early instances of computer stuff, but this is when yeah. the computer was used to sort of uh, add to the hand-drawn animation to sort of supplement it. Yeah, and it was amazing. I thought the yeah. combination was fucking 
Oh yeah. Beautiful. This this still looks good. Still mm-hmm. looks really good. Yeah, it looked the look reminded me a lot of the Cowboy Bebop movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but God, it was it's so pretty. Like oh, I can't yeah. believe I had never just fucking watched this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right up my asshole. Yeah, I, 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 looking at this, I did wish I could have. Uh, well, I kind of wish I could have watched it when I was uh, younger, like when I was getting into anime when it was still new to me. More so, how the visuals would affected me. Mm-hmm. But I know I wouldn't have really picked it up, like really got a lot of what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to say I got around to actually watching it in the late teens, early 20s, something like that. And a lot of it, I got the basic plot, but a lot of it still kind of went over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate a lot of what they were talking about now. Especially, you know, after some of the weird-ass conversations you and me have about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like I watch something like this and it's like, yep, this is right up Mike's dick hole. <laughs> Let me just take it and shove it in there. Yeah. There you go, sir. Yeah, I, just, I love talking about all the crazy future shit. Mm. Yeah, all this uh, weird uh, stuff about identity and. Mm-hmm. Talked about, and we'll we'll talk about the uh, sort of like elements and themes running through this movie. But uh, what do you think about the movie itself, like as a film? As a film, that's well, that's one of the things that I really loved about it, and I've talked about this on the show before. Um, that I hate when certain animes do is when their pacing is too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the pacing in this was pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe not perfect, but it I, it never felt like I wasn't interested in what was going on. But there were also specifically moments where they kind of just let you breathe and just like take in the scenery of, you know, what's going to happen. I think there's a point uh, somewhere in the middle where... I think you're looking at the major and then all of a sudden it's just shots of the city mm-hmm. with the theme music over it uh, with the same music that was in the intro, which I thought was really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they even like right before the action at the end, they slow down a little bit to give you kind of a sense of, of the shit that they, you know, they didn't need to do like show the guys the snipers on the roof like i'm sure they did but it's like you know it, they use that to show you that it's raining and then you see the the raindrops dripping off of their guns and shit mm-hmm. feels like you're there and there's, there's so much detail in the in the drawings and detail in the animations mm-hmm. i just really appreciated that but um i guess structurally as a film it feels good. It's it's a uh, sort of short for a film, I think. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, su- I was actually surprised at uh, how short the film was. Um, I think it's only like a. Um, it's 120, 120 minutes. minutes. Yeah, like not even a full hour and a half. Uh, or maybe. I, I that's that's two hours. No, I think it was. An hour and twenty. I can't remember. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. My brain just... <laughs> one of those brain farts again. Maybe if I get one of those cybernetic implants, I could remove those. Yeah. Well, I think it was an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, not 120. That would make it about 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, also, what was I going to say? It, like... I understand what you were saying about those weird moments where it feels like I want to say they would follow something some bit where you were where they were talking about like the nature of identity or things you would want to meditate on and then they actually give you those moments to meditate Mm -hmm. yeah I appreciated that I feel like this movie as a whole is very uh, meditative Mm-hmm. Um, if I can be an edgelord for a minute, uh, I guess like as a film, I enjoyed it the second time watching the dubbed version of it made it easier to follow something about watching the sub and maybe watching the sub first and some of the, I guess the way the movie is paced based on like the stuff involved made it really hard to follow that first time. Mm-hmm. Like frustratingly so. Yeah. And it, it made me think, okay, there's got to be some way to improve this movie. Watching it the second time, it's not so much that it needs to be improved, but there's, I feel like there's a version of this that is just raw ass brilliance, which involves excising a lot of the uh, whole bureaucratic plot line going on. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was the next thing I was gonna mention was well. First of all, there's a shit ton of exposition, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't mind because it's really fascinating to me. I think people kind of there's bad ways to do exposition, and then there's interesting ways to do it because sometimes you're just explaining plot points, but other times, mm-hmm. like you're explaining concepts. Um, so it's not always bad to have somebody say something directly if it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just banging you over the head with making sure you know a plot point. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me that much. Um, but yeah, the the whole like ministry of this and the Section 9 and the Section 6 and like the diplomatic immunity was... So I watched it dubbed and then I switched on the subtitles... And the subtitles were for the sub, so they didn't really match, and that was a little mm-hmm. disjointing to follow. But for the most, most part, I felt like I followed, like like you said, the basic plot. But mm-hmm. there's all this, like, like who was that guy that got killed in the beginning? Did it even matter? I don't think it did matter. Um, do you want to say... I? Yeah, I can't even... Uh... Something about, uh, yeah, I guess it, it didn't matter too much. Yeah. I, it fell more into that bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. I guess the problem with that is, like, you're talking about how you would make it better. Is just, um, I guess it could have been longer. It really needed to be longer for us to know and care about any of those characters that were kind of moving around behind the scenes and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, See, my uh, ideal version is actually making it shorter. Um, hmm. Kind of putting it more in art film territory. You remove... Really, for me, it's removing a lot 
of dialogue, but keeping those meditative moments, having some of the the uh, exposition mainly having to do with uh, the major questioning her identity and people getting weirded out by it. Uh, mm-hmm. And just kind of having it all build to that end. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, where, where I got the idea that there's sort of like that kind of that take on this in there is when you get to that point where they meet the puppet master mm-hmm. and he says, you know, I'm this, uh, I'm a digital life form and I'm seeking uh, asylum in another country to protect my life. And I was like, whoa, it was <laughs> that because that that was the ideal meeting of the movie's plot with the uh, philosophical elements they're actually getting into. You've taken Mm -hmm. all the sort of interesting theoretical stuff and boiled it down to a fascinating movie plot, a uh, interesting uh, thought exercise in regards to uh, both uh, political elements and morality. And it's just something I'd be interesting. I'd be interested in seeing play out. Mm-hmm. Especially, and, and you know, that kind of built as he explained more that he was originally this uh, clearly illegal hacking program mm-hmm. <laughs> used by um, Section Nine. Not Section Nine. It was Section Section Six. six? <laughs> yeah, the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So who does Kusanagi work for? Is that she section? works for Section Nine, but I think Section okay. Nine is like the black ops for the other sections. Mm-hmm. Since the first thing you see them do is carry out a hit. Yeah. <laughs> and Bato is actually telling Togusa, the new guy, that, like, yeah, we're, we're the ones they call in to do the stuff they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was also interesting him talking to new, the young guy about... Yeah, that's Togusa. Yeah. Um, I think he was explaining, but the major was explaining to him a little bit, too a lot about why they needed him to be to be there like yeah. we can do all this shit but you're off the grid and we need you for a lot of things yeah both and uh, literally and physically because I think they said the only uh, implant he has is uh, something attached to his brain mm-hmm. but she was uh, I thought it was a cool point for her to be like we're like we we're special and we specialize in a thing, but like the more you specialize in something, the more you kind of uh, open out your you open up your vulnerabilities by mm-hmm. becoming something so specific. Uh, so yeah, and it does uh, pay off when um, he wanders off from them and decides to have a moment in Gumshoe. And he figures out that there were some uh, stealth guys rolling with the um, the Section Six dude. Yeah, yeah. Cause her yeah her point was like as precise as you can be. That's going to make you predictable. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um. But she's and, and even that that moment like really sticks out because they're just riding in a car really. And she she is talking, but she's it's also she's moving around and she's putting things on it. Yeah, it's kind of a really, up. Yeah, it was a really cool animation moment as well. Mm-hmm. See so her like loading a rifle and preparing. There's a lot of that shit, like kind of gun porn and like military porn, but like future and it's just super fascinating to look at. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's where uh, design work comes into play, and I think that's uh, one of the things that would draw a lot of people to anime is the uh, intricate, like like just the, the focus on be it mechanical design or uh, weapons <laughs> or armor or just like weird areas like one thing i i thought was really cool and thought didn't get enough play is that they have like near the end you see some of the bad guys flying around in helicopters and the helicopters mm-hmm. have wings hmm. <laughs> yeah like there's a lot of weird like interesting elements of design that are almost like blink and you'll miss it yeah but that's why it's so fucking like the animation just the visuals are perfect to me because mm-hmm. they they <laughs> pay, paid attention to everything. Oh, my uncle's trying to tell me something. What? I know. Did you hear that? Yeah, I should have been like, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like the. Uh, yeah, it was so fucking gorgeous and pretty, and I want to go live there, but not really because it's probably a horrible place. I kind of want to. Yeah, that there was some some grimy elements um, with uh, other, I guess, takes on the material. We'll learn a bit more about the setting. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on with that location. Uh, there's just not enough time to really go into that. There's a lot there, though. Um, yeah. I got into Ghost in the Shell via a series called Standalone Complex. I remember when it was coming out. Was it like early 2000s? Yeah. earlier mid. I can't remember. But yeah, I saw it on uh, uh, Adult... It was either... I think it was Adult Swim at the time. Hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, it's on. It started off as just something playing in the background, and then I started paying attention to it. And it was pretty good. So it's kind of like uh, same type of stuff you're looking at here, but it's uh, spread out a bit more. You get time for one-shot episodes where they kind of like dive in on certain topics via weird plots. Like what happens? I mean, so, like for example, one thing you see in this is the major wandering around and sees somebody in the exact same like model of uh, shell that she has Mm -hmm. so it's like literally she looks up and sees her twin eating dinner Mm. and it's kind of like okay what happens when you run into someone like that what if like somebody is like what happens when you have a stalker in a time like this Mm -hmm. where your identity can literally be stolen your face can literally be bought Mm -hmm. that's a wait so this is a small question and I so why it it the guy with the crazy pointy white hair, he was not present in this. But I'm thinking, is that Bato in the series? Uh, he's designed a bit differently in the series. Okay. Um, uh, Bato, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it just has longer hair in Ghost in the Show and Standalone uh, Complex, I should say. Mm-hmm. I liked his look here. I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they felt the need to change the hair. Uh, they um, they change everyone a little bit. Like the major looks a lot more human in mm. 
standalone complex, and I think that design's closer to how she looks in the manga. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of uh, intentionally different stuff done with her here that I actually appreciate in the context of this film. Hmm. Uh, Togusa looks exactly the same. Uh, the chief doesn't look as sad. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, because now I'm thinking I'm able to like separate all the images of Ghost in the Shell that I've seen now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I guess there's the standalone complex. I think her hair is more purple and she has like a, a jacket or something. Yeah. Like a different jacket. I really love like her outfits and it's like the – the, uh, the all the jackets he wore like everybody kind of wore was wearing like members only jackets and stuff mm-hmm. but I, I really dug the wardrobes yeah but uh I like, I like I want Bato's coat I don't remember it I don't know if I'm big enough to pull it off though mm. I uh oh but there's lots of iconic imagery that I've seen like it's not really the logo doesn't stand out to me, but like the the scene where at the end where she's pulling that thing open and she kind of rips apart. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've seen that image. I was like, oh, that's there. That is. And then uh, the the part with the water mm-hmm. uh, where she's taking down the the guy that looks Mexican mm-hmm. <laughs> in the water. That was such a cool scene. Yeah, very iconic way, and it looks like they're they're doing that. There's a. It's weird because that that's like part of what I've seen of the the live action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the there. Trailer. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I see bits of both this and standalone complex in what mm-hmm. I saw of those trailers. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to talk about that on this show? Uh, we might touch on it eventually. I'm gonna have to, like, uh, do something alongside the game. Because there's a PS1 game made for this that feels pretty distinct from all the other takes. But Hmm. I don't know if there's enough there to get a whole episode out of. Hmm. So maybe we can touch on it then, though, uh... Uh, good luck with that. All I'm going to want to talk about is the game, and I'm sure all you and Joe are going to want to talk about is the <laughs> live-action movie, and I'm going to be really grouchy. So <laughs> if we go that route, I apologize in, in advance. Well, I was assuming we'd talk a little bit about it today, because, I mean, it is it is coming. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it's it? It's stupid. Why? <laughs> Because, cause, like, like a lot of these things, and I know it's not just this movie I'm mad at. I'm, like, mad at all the times this has happened. And for some reason, this film happens to be the boiling point. Where uh, the um, big controversy, for those of you who've managed to avoid it, sorry to kind I'm, of... Sorry to uh, destroy your moment of zen here, but... Um, nobody's avoided this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the character of Makoto Kusanagi is played by uh, ScarJo. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who is now just called the Major. And they've decided to pick and choose uh, who gets to remain Asian and who has to be something else. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, this isn't like a transplant adaption. What does that mean? Like... 
a uh, I don't know if that's the uh, proper term for this, but basically it's not like, oh, this is Ghost in the Shell in America or like in an American equivalent to the set. Oh yeah. Like if they had straight done that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Honestly, I could. I think I could say I wouldn't have cared so much. Because then it's like, okay, now they're all Americans. This is an American take on this thing. But uh, in kind of going half and half with this, like, oh, see, we made the chief uh, an actual Japanese actor, and we got an Asian person playing Togusa. But, you know, the most iconic characters in this, namely the Major and Bato, are played by white people. And Who's playing Bato? Um, some European guy. Hmm. And his eyes look silly. <laughs> like I, I like them in in manga form, in anime form, in the video games, but for some reason, much like Magneto's helmet, in live action it just just looks weird. Mm-hmm. I haven't I don't recall seeing some pictures of that. But uh yeah, to me I <laughs> it's a touchy subject. Oh, one that hold on, I, before you get into that, I did have like I like kind of lost my train of thought for a sec. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, not now, not now. Um, ah. Oh yeah, the the fact that it wasn't a transplant adaption. They're the fact that they're trying to they're trying to still cast Asian actors for certain things to uh, uh, maintain some degree of credibility and probably keep this in a setting that will sort of appease. The Japanese fan, like, there's, like, piss-poor attempts at, like, holding on to the fans of the series prior, whether it be the manga, the anime, the film, the games, or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Little bits here, but then here's this other shit, where it, which is kind of, like, flying in the face of that and saying, okay, you don't really matter. What matters is all these people who won't bother with a movie unless they see a white person, and... Again, this has been done before. It's been done in worse ways. I'm just sick of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I hesitate to call anything about it piss poor until I've seen it. Uh, like, I definitely get the arguments against it. Like, for sure, it would have been cool. I guess if it was if it wasn't ScarJo and it was some Asian woman. Um, or again, they just went full transplant adaption. Didn't even it, pretend. Yeah, well, do we know that they didn't... It seems like... I don't know, because I was kind of thinking about that while watching this movie. Like, where does... I don't think they even say it takes place in Japan, even though clearly there's a lot of Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like they were in Chinatown at one point. Mm-hmm. That one guy looked Mexican, but he was probably supposed to be Asian, so I'm just assuming that it all takes place in Japan. Um... It's See, an it, it, the fact that they have like beat Takeshi as the chief mm-hmm. makes makes me makes it seem more like they're just going to abuse the world culture element of the future rather than say, okay, this is you know Japanese analog New York mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, I mean that's definitely that doesn't bother me as as much. It seems like a a world culture, right? It seems like. This is here because it's the future and things are more mingled. Whatever they're going to say. Um, Our best Japanese agent is a white woman. Her closest uh, equivalent is a white man. Well, that's true. See, 
I guess where I look at this differently is I don't whatever all these I know why a lot of these choices were made and a lot of the history that led to these choices being made and it's it's fucked up like because this is so niche if they had like I don't know who whoever if they had found someone who could who could pull it off um it's like okay well then you're not getting the budget that you need to do this because the part of the problem is that is we don't really have a well-known female Asian actress who does action in Hollywood. And that's a problem with, with Hollywood and part of our society. Uh, so I forget where I was going with that. So I, I guess my point is if you wanted to make this you know, and stay true to all of the roots associated with uh, the anime, you, you're not going to get the budget that you want from Hollywood See? because people aren't going to turn out for... Th- like, I, I don't think Ghost in the Shell is going to do the money that they want but the the problem that they also missed is that this thing kind of has blown up more. So I think they thought that the audience that would go see a sci-fi ScarJo action movie was bigger than the audience for Ghost in the Shell, and I think they're right. But I think what they underestimated was that crossover. Uh, no, I think they underestimated that the the voice or the um the voices of actual ghost in the shell fans would get so loud and actually let everybody know uh about this problem that the film has mm-hmm. and i think a lot more people who don't know about ghost in the shell now know what has happened with this movie and i'm curious to see how much it's going to make i i don't know what its budget was but i think I wish I I wish I knew the budget because I, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna quite flop. I don't think it's gonna. It's definitely not gonna make them the money that they wanted. Um, but but also because the source material is so so niche, like apart from it just being Ghost in the Shell, I think what they did feels like they were trying to be pretty true to like the spirit of it. But I think also that that isn't like apart from ghost in the shell being niche like what it's talking about is pretty niche and like who's though not as not as niche as it was when this movie came out right but and in the way they're pushing it it looks like the to me the advertising campaign it looks like a really interesting movie but it doesn't look like a movie that a bunch of people are gonna be like oh yeah let's go let's go check that out so mm-hmm. I, I guess where I stand is yeah it's 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 pretty problematic it's got a lot of issues for it but I'm willing to give like the film itself a chance to kind of stand on its own away from that it's and I know that's just I'm willing to to do it like because I I like film and I want to see what the hell they're trying to say but also I think something that uh, <laughs> I kind of hold out hope that movies like these will kind of subvert the um, 
the actual like maybe they knew this would be the reaction and i've seen movies do that before like the lone ranger is a really good example of kind of on the surface doing something like this but really playing with it uh, in the actual film itself uh so a very small part of me hopes that they'll do that but i don't think they will my only worry about when stuff like that happens is that hollywood won't fucking learn like you you don't just say bad dog in this case you actually got to rub their nose in it mm-hmm. well i think they're they're learning i don't know how this happened i think see part part of the the reason is I, that i take a different stance on this is because i tend to look at everything in terms of bigger picture and in this case i yeah they're doing it again but remember when we were kids and it was like they were doing it over and over and again it's like oh they're doing it again except in some cases they didn't like i think we we keep going back to mortal Kombat. like if they tried to make that now we'd be lucky if Liu kang was half asian uh i I don't know about that that's um, legend of chun li starring half and half Hold on, you're not letting me finish. I guess my my point is is like, yeah, remember there was talk about that, but now it's you can't avoid the shitstorm, like the internet shitstorm. Um, so it's I feel like it's happening less. Obviously, this is a big example of where it's happening again, and we had the Matt Damon thing and whatever, but it's. I think we're going to see less and less of it just because the the shitstorm just keeps happening and they're going to learn. Like, I really think it's like kind of the old world in Hollywood is. That's the other thing is the industry is so young. I think a lot of people who have been around for a long time are still kind of calling a lot of the shots and they, and I, but I think there's a, a younger generation that's finally starting to slowly trickle in and say, no, we can actually take risks and and do new things, and people actually don't want to see what the fuck you're doing. Like, we already just saw that with the Academy. They did a huge purge where they kicked out a shit ton of old members mm-hmm. um, who they changed the rules so, to where if you hadn't, like, worked in the industry in, like, 20 years and you hadn't been nominated for an actual Academy Award, you're out. And I was reading an article the other day about how a bunch of, like, old people are, like, pissed now. Mm-hmm. But it's because their voice is taken away. But it's just making the way for a new voice. So that for my part, I think I'm my stance is it is what it is, and it's going to go away, uh, probably within our lifetimes, but things move pretty slowly but i think it's going to happen faster than a lot of people think that it is going to happen yeah but no my issue i guess the reason why it it constant it upsets me so much every time it happens is because it's literally a self-fulfilling prophecy that you know they're maintaining whether they mean to or not if they mean to they're sinister and if they're not then they're fucking idiots but it's kind of like oh yeah asian people don't sell because mm-hmm. we never see them in movies because yeah, you is. don't put them in movies because asian people don't in quote sell exactly uh and that's that's the problem 
but uh yeah because that, that that is the the question especially with this one it's like like who would you put in that role you could have put a lot of people in that role probably i mean a sizable <laughs> issue with this is that it's gotta be in, in a lot of like movie specifically Hollywood films in general is that it's always about the budget, this big ass budget. Mm-hmm. How much money can we put into this? I mean, really the logical thing and there's an opposite issue going on in Japan right now where they're trying to make a full metal alchemist film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> full metal alchemist anime takes place in a fictionalized Europe, but you got like an Asian kid in a blonde wig playing Edward Elric. Um, yeah. One, those movies need to switch places. Two especially since Ghost in the Shell takes place in Japan, the thing with their mm-hmm. movie, is their uh, film industry out there, it's not bad, but the budgets just don't compare. Um, I'd say you want to take a Death Note approach to this, where you do the movies yeah. in Japan first. You can both learn from how the Japanese approach their own things, and just by having uh, one attempt at a movie done, and then you use the sort of, like, you build off of that... And then you mm-hmm. do an adaption, which I still say in the case of something being done out here needs to be a transplant adaption. Yeah, which... Though it would be tight if you just hired every Asian in Hollywood <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to see, do a movie like that. That would be... See, I would watch that. We would watch that. But like people would see that and be like... What? This is some Asian propaganda piece. No, they'd just be like, what, Ernie Rice Jr.? Who? I think I remember that guy. Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa? Is that Shang Tsung? Michelle Yun Fat, I think I heard about him. Uh, Do you know who Michelle Yeoh is? (laughs) And I just walk up to all of them and start smacking each of them. It's like, it's time to culture you up, motherfucker. Yeah. But, but even then, it's like, you, we're pulling international stars that are like, they're Chinese, now they're Chinese people playing Japanese people. But uh, yeah, I, I think a transplant would be interesting, but it's also, I don't know, I heard somebody saying a while ago, before I knew anything about Ghost of the Shell, when this controversy started, they were like, Japan's pretty, it's a... Uh, just like to have America doing an adaption of their shit. No, no, that that Ghost in the Shell is Japan centric, or that it, it it touches on things that are uniquely Japanese. Yeah, well, um, uh, when we get to standalone complex, I think we'll get into some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's also hard for me to talk about this because I haven't seen that. But so from what I've seen, it, it didn't. It did and it didn't. Like I feel like there's a, it's pretty a universal story and like technology wise. But then there's there is that bent of I was thinking about kind of how this got made and it was and why they would be so ahead of I feel the curve on this type of story mm-hmm. is maybe because they've always been like far ahead of us in terms of their technology like i feel like a lot of our advances in hardware have come from them over mm-hmm. the years oh, like yeah. started there and it's always been more quickly ingrained into their whole society like i remember when we were just starting to get like cell phones that could take pictures i remember seeing 
photos of kids in Japan with their phones out at concerts. Just like everybody's already like taking pictures on their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was really fascinating, and it, it really made me think a lot about MGS two. Um, yeah, I, I already talked about how it's sort of it was forward thinking and people didn't understand it at first. Like, I don't know if that was the case with ghost in the show. I was just kind of assuming cause it was, I can imagine like I didn't have internet really in 1995 or I just had like less than 56 K. Like yeah. the shit that they're talking about there would have blown my mind. Like what? But now it's like commonplace to hear them talk about the network. I think they only kind of mentioned the network. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I could have pictured what that meant back then. Mm hmm. But, uh, yeah, like uh, hacking back then is just primarily un- unauthorized access to something. Whereas here, they're literally talking about stealing and replacing identities and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, that 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 angry fanboy tangent got kind of kind of threw me off from the film mm-hmm. well, uh, i think it's a if anybody's clicking around the internet they would probably expect to hear it which uh like, i don't begrudge anybody for having that opinion I, I like see it angers me that it gets me so goddamn angry it's like half of the reason why i'm mad is just like a why are you doing this to me type type feel yeah but i mean it's something that's constantly been happening for it, it's it's you know it's it's not world hunger or anything but it is like a part of your life that you really like and it's like oh they're gonna make a movie out of this again of something i really like and they're gonna do that thing again and then it's gonna split audiences and it's not gonna be successful and they're just gonna make less of this shit that i like yeah well yeah there is there is a negative backlash that will come of it uh, the same Hollywood machine that decided that uh, Asian people wouldn't sell will then decide, oh, this isn't because somebody screwed up. This is because Ghosts in the Shell ain't money. We're not putting any money behind it, and that could have ramifications to Japan, where this is created. And Yeah. Yeah, they did get beat Takeshi back in a Hollywood movie, which is... Um, I don't think he swore off Hollywood movies. I think he did swear off making Hollywood films after Brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, he hasn't... Has he done anything over here s- since uh, Johnny Mnemonic? Uh, not that I can think of. Or, I guess Brother was... Yeah, was Brother, I think, would be the last... Yeah, but I want to say Mnemonic was in the 90s and Brother was, like, 2001. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's weird. Isn't and that's it? the thing. He doesn't speak enough English for me to think, oh, they just cast him because he was a good actor. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious to see if he's even going to speak English at all. Like, maybe Well, he's probably gonna, not. They, like, Which I really is only going to further my point. I just want to see... They are balanced. This movie looks like a balancing act. But from the marketing and everything, it looks like a put-together film. I'm just insanely curious about what they did. Um, I do kind of want to look at it, but I'm not paying money for that thing. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna go see it. Like I just won't. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. People, there's a lot of heat that goes into that discussion, but yeah, heat's <laughs> what I got. Yeah, but I mean, especially from like the the Asian community, it's. But I don't know. Like I, I don't know anything about like in terms of like Asians and acting, but I, except for that, there's a quote unquote diversity problem, or you know they get no respect. All these uh, lack of representation, all these phrases that get thrown around. Um, I don't know if it's that they don't get they don't respect. They really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's hard for me to... I don't know if they don't get respect as much as, like, where are they? Well, see, part of the thing is they don't... It's unlike, uh... Really, unlike... I, I guess all I can say is unlike black people, because I don't know if there's a similar situation for other minorities, but i definitely say, unlike black people, they kind of don't have to put up with this shit. Because, you know... The individual countries, uh, Korea, China, Japan, Mm -hmm. they all have a thriving market in those respective countries. I mean, how many of the films that we, like, love and put in our top 20 are from any of those countries? Mm -hmm. Uh, Hell, even certain parts of Europe don't have to put up with that shit. India doesn't have to put up with that shit. Uh, Black Americans have to put up with that shit because where the fuck are we going to go? Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't eat as much shit in film, that, but that's also because we've been the most vocal, the most obnoxious, mm-hmm. and the maybe I don't. It might be. A, um... Well, the first black black people are also like the they're kind of not the first minority. That's a, a silly thing to I say. I feel like we're the biggest target. Yeah, well, you've been like black Americans have have been in this country basically almost as long as or as long as uh, white Americans so you've always been there and it's been a long hard road but we've always been there and that's the thing I was going to point out is it's a I can't back this up with any data and it's not even a a, a guess it's just like a, a hypothesis that possibly there aren't as many Asian people trying to get into acting. But is that, uh, um, like, is that like the woman issue, though? Where it's... there? Is it because they're not interested well, or because there's not enough work for them there? Of course there's that, but I think that's probably a bigger part than... The thing that makes me ask that is that black folk have for sure created, like... Not a separate Hollywood, but a whole so like there's shit yeah. that like white people just don't know about. There's, like, there's straight up black film. Yeah, black TV. Yeah. You know, black channel. There's like you know, I, I mean, you walk up to the average white person and ask them who Lorenz Tate is, like they don't know. Mm-hmm. But um. But he's in the mansion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. But like I, and like Asians have that from their own country but i don't see that as i feel like you don't see that as much with asian americans i think it's starting to like we're seeing more of them on tv and stuff which Mm -hmm. is cool but i feel like they're 
there was never like so many Asians trying to get into acting that they just started their own shit and made their own stuff for like their own like for us by us kind of thing. Yeah, only like uh, weird pockets of it mm-hmm. here and there. But uh, that I know of at the very least. Yeah, so it's an interesting question, and it's definitely there's there's it's interesting because I sometimes I feel like there's for sure not as much diversity in Hollywood as I would like for sure, but I also don't know. It's easy to just blame Hollywood, um, but that. There are reasons why Hollywood has become the way it is. I'm not saying it's right. Of course not. I just think even Hollywood doesn't realize the problems. Well, you definitely can't count on Hollywood to fix this issue. Um, It's kind of what I say when this topic gets brought up in regards to uh, depictions of women in film. It's like... You can't just demand the people making films do this. You gotta go out and do it in your mm-hmm. own right and yeah. uh, a combination of you know show them what you want to see just just make something that's good and interesting and gets people into this and gets people out of sort of uh i guess uh bad ways of thinking in regards to uh films that feature these mm-hmm. uh groups that aren't involved or not really shown um yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess we got to do some some Asian exploitation, some woman exploitation, just <laughs> get it get it done. But yeah, see that's uh, that's you brought up an interesting point, which is why I'm not worried. Which is oh, there's a lot of people yelling about it, but it's like, well, how many of you actually want to do something about it? And I think there are going to be a lot of people that want to do something about it, and. He, the buy-in is so so much cheaper now with people making phones on their iPhones like you can make whatever you want and mm. people are starting to recognize that I mean you look at the success of somebody like Freddie Wong who has basically done that he came up through the internet I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um, but yeah more people like that like it's it's easier it's easier now and it's just gonna get easier in the future for for people who feel like they're not represented to just take shit, take the matters into their own hands. Um, and I think what Hollywood says and does is going to matter less and less over the future. Um, unless they kind of, unless they change things. Um, but you're already seeing a lot of people of color of like work with Hollywood, like Addie Shankar and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, like behind the scenes that's where it really counts well yeah the the thing hollywood's going to listen to more than anything is money if you prove to them you can make them money they'll bend mm-hmm. over backwards while sucking your dick and jerking off to other people that's the thing is like it's completely a balance of art and commerce and they rely too much on like commerce uh, well like data that has not data always changes and I think a lot of people who are calling the shots are relying on old data 
of you know they've been so long and they know what works but really they don't know that the times are constantly changing um, and that's where that fresh blood coming in is going to shake things up I think mm-hmm. alright that's, that's, that's enough of this goddamn movie it's <laughs> hijacked half of this podcast <laughs> I've been clamoring to talk about that for a while I've had no one to talk about it yeah it probably doesn't help that I've been avoiding it Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, this is a short anime. Yeah, it is uh, surprisingly short. Um, as I said prior to it. Um, God damn it! That goddamn movie just like sucked all of the energy out of my fucking brain. Anything else I'd say at this point is just kind of minor. Um. I guess uh, one thing to keep in mind as we go down these uh, different takes on the franchise is that um, the real creative force behind this film was the director, Mamoru Oshii, and maybe uh, the screenwriter, Kazunori Ito, as well. They've worked together on a number of other things, uh, some of which I'm probably going to recommend. Um You'll, you're going to find that uh, this particular vision for Ghost in the Shell is a bit different from everything else, like significantly so. Um, other stuff won't be as meditative, I guess. Hmm. Won't be as driven by uh, dialogue, monologue, what have you. Mm-hmm. And the action will probably be... There prob- there's going to be a lot more action than everything else, I want to say. Hmm. Though I'm not quite sure about the manga, which I think is what we're going to tackle next week. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the manga's... It's going to be weird. So I'm not sure if that's going to be next week or after we do Standalone Complex. But uh, uh, I'm assuming it came out before it's, all of this. Yeah, it's where this started. Hmm. When did that come out? Um, do I have that on hand? 89. Hmm. So did this just kind of sit around for six years? I'm pretty pretty sure it came out earlier in Japan by... Mm -hmm. No, um, a year later in the U.S. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it. Um, the manga went on, and eventually they did the uh, film in '95. Uh, hold on, let me look at see what else came out. Maybe the game came out before the film. What's the game like? Uh, no, it came out after. It came out in '97. Um. The first game is a bit different in that it centers around the piloting of one of those tanks. Well, not one of the tanks. It's kind of like, think the uh, tank the Major tried to fight and shrink Mm -hmm. it down to about the size of a Hummer. Hmm. (laughs) And it can, like, crawl on shit. That's the whole game? Uh, yeah, it has anime cutscenes and some like yeah. weird plot going on. I haven't Is beaten it? it. It's been a while since I played it. It's fun. Hmm. It's a PS1 game. I remember I really went back in that era. I was really clamoring for something with anime cutscenes. 
and I really wanted to play Xenogears, but I never got the chance. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to play Xenosaga, and I was just like, what is this? What even is this? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, since I can't think of anything else to say regarding this film, um, I'm going to blame that goddamn movie for it. Uh, <laughs> let's get the recommendations. Uh, anything you got? Do you want me to start, or should I? Uh, Wait, did I, I can... say, did you want me to start, or should I? <laughs> oh my god. I'm terrible. Oh, I guess you did. <laughs> oh god, I'm awful. Uh, tell you what, you go ahead. Uh, let's see, obviously The Matrix. I just really wanted to watch this. Um, what else did I say? <laughs> um... Um, oh, you kept mentioning the uh, MGS games. Oh yeah, uh, fuck! If you want something that like people could not wrap their brains around, but now like is incredibly alarming at how well it was able to predict a lot of things. Uh, MGS two. It also goes into the nature of identity a little bit. Mm, yeah, it does quite a lot actually. Uh, the whole thing is about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, MGS1 kind of carries a similar look and feel, um, sort of cyberpunky. I feel like you get more out of two if you play one first. Oh yeah, totally. No, you have to play one before two. Uh, I'm just kind of assuming that everyone's already done that. Well, I mean, but just, I guess just for some of the themes, two tackles more so than continuity. Yeah, well, I know. I know. Well, two is completely you only understand its brilliance i mean you do if you play it on its own but it's incredible how it handles the first game um but you kind of have to be willing to dig in there for it um for sure akira um, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of the same sound cues were being utilized between the two. Mm-hmm. It kind of created this narrative in my head where it was like, okay, that weird sort of chanting that they were doing at the beginning of the film was just really popular with anime in the 90s, but it was like two films at the most. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I can't even it. say for certain if it was in Akira or something like it was in Akira. But, oh no, it is. I I listened to the shit out of Akira, and it was very much the banging of the drums and like the chanting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually kind of made me rethink something that I didn't really ever think of as cyberpunk, but kind of is now that I think about it. It's Cowboy Bebop. Uh, just the art style really reminded me of Cowboy Bebop the movie. Super fluid it's, and. It's almost like Cowboy Bebop is post cyberpunk. Yeah, kind of. It's not the focus, it's just like, that's our world. I mean, to the degree that um, a guy who's like depicted as being kind of like a relic of the past in Bohemian Rhapsody looks like something you'd see in a cyberpunk film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bebop for sure. And what the hell was that one weird cyberpunk movie we watched? For this show. Oh, um, uh, some, uh, uh, I, I want, I see, I keep thinking of the secondary titles, uh, Devil's Circuit, uh, Download. Download. 
Yeah, that was a cool one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I wonder if I'm mixing two things up or if they are the same thing. But, uh, yeah, download was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, ah, he's got, he's got Kaneda on the bike as a tiny mm -hmm. figure. I, I love cyberpunk. That bike and is I've, so tight. Uh, <laughs> Wipeout is a cool cyberpunk thing. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, Blade Runner. Uh, I was going to mention that, but yeah, talking of mm -hmm. uh, cyberpunk and like explorations into the nature of identity. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of there's some other stuff I want to recommend that we want, I want to talk about on my show for various reasons mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know if I want to spoil it but I'll just say like Demolition Man and Minority Report mm -hmm. for different reasons I'm still trying to think of something else from the 80s to okay. pair with that uh, don't worry too much about recommending everything because we got a whole month of this mm -hmm. but yeah that's about it uh, I'm gonna keep uh, mine short since I think you mentioned already mentioned both Matrix and and uh, Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I'll mention is a live action film which was directed, which featured both the uh, same writer and director. Had a uh, Kazunori Ito as the screenwriter and Mamoru she is the director. I want to say it is a Polish film called Avalon. And that's got to do with a uh, sort of like a future that looks like the post-apocalypse and features a um, virtual reality MMO hmm. and like weird shit involving people disappearing in the game and a death or two. Mm -hmm. I won't try and go into any kind of detail. Suffice to say that it's got like all the uh, stylistic touches and pacing of this but is a live-action film in a foreign foreign setting, so I feel like if you enjoy it, this, you'll enjoy that as well. So it was made by the people that made this? Yeah. And it's a live-action film set in Poland? Yep, with Polish actors and everything. How the hell did they get that done? I don't know, but I'm glad they did it. <laughs> when? Um... <laughs> yeah, I've never noticed that that you, you don't do that on this show. What? Uh, speak Japanese. <laughs> but now that you've done it, it really sticks out. <laughs> I still do it on occasion. I don't do it as I, I, I stopped doing it for a while after you started taking it and correcting my pronunciation every time I said something. <laughs> uh, uh, this was during your grammar Nazi phase, so it wasn't just the Japanese. It's not that it was a phase, it's just that I've mostly given up with you. <laughs> That's for the best, because you were driving me up a wall. I know I was. I think you have gotten better, but it still drives me crazy every time you put an A in tomorrow. <laughs> and I've been slowly trying to bring it up. That's one of those words I, I can never spell right. 
yeah. kind of like uh, medieval is another one. I will always <laughs> screw it up. Uh, it's all um, um, trauma. I will always screw up. Mm. There's a list. Uh, what was I looking for? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, movies. Um, if you're interested in Mamoru Oshii, he's got a series of, not really a series, but like at least two films related to an animated film called Jinro. I don't know if he, <laughs> was he behind that one? Uh, he had to be, yeah. So there was a, an anime called Jinro that came out in, uh, 99? I think he wrote the screenplay for it. Uh, the basis for it is a manga called uh, Kerberos Panzerkap or something like that. It's a mm-hmm. a sort of a, a over-the-top police force set in a uh, world a a world where Japan won World War Two. Uh, there's a couple of movies that spun off from it. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of like that series is like his baby. Jinro. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen the cover a lot, and I always thought it looked fascinating, but I never checked it out. Mm-hmm. But um, crap, what was I doing? Oh, Avalon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that came. The question. What was the question? It, it came out in two thousand one. I see. Yeah, uh, Mamoru Oshii, Kazunori Ito, did have Kinji Kawai doing the sound? Yep. Kinji hmm. Kawai is the third part uh, of, um, I guess, because all three of them worked on this film. Also, they all came together for this, and they all came together for a few other things, but uh, those three together are dynamite. Interesting. But, uh, yeah... Anything you want to say to the audience before we go, um, go and uh, do some ghost hacking? Yeah. Um, watch this thing because it was really cool. It was a cultural artifact. The song you're listening to is Synthetic Highway. If you want to hear more like it, head on over to soundcloud.com slash submorphine, S-U-B hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. The song you'll hear next, promo theme, is Anime Rocket. If you want to hear more like that, head on over to facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Squarion's got a Flash series they'd like me to plug, Project Stick Part 2. Check it out at facebook.com slash projectstick. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with our releases or check out our old stuff, head on over to soundcloud.com slash Radio, Or subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, or Google Play. Or on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Radio, Or on Twitter at Radio. Now, if you want to talk to the hosts individually, you can find me on Twitter at OldTakuConnect, Joe at NAGPReturns, and Mike at Hyper90s. Finally, this podcast has an officially unofficial Gmail account. 
otakuconnection at gmail.com. And yeah, let's hope I'm not dead the next time we speak. But uh, till then, thank you for listening and have a good night. What did you think of Law & Order Cyborg Investigations Unit? Because you guys remember in the tank episode, yeah. there was, there was, she was, she was <laughs> zooming on her ass. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell Month continues with episodes 1 through 5 of Standalone Complex.